times do I have to tell you people to stop calling me about my auto warranty? Ooh, yeah! This the Macho Man snap it to a Slim Jim! I, yeah, I know. That's too much too fast, huh? Welcome to another episode of Music Speaks, sometimes very loudly, with your host, Gonza Rocket, and as always, on the panel... The Great M48. The oh, What? The fuck? I don't know. Now you added another wanted, name, huh? I I just wanted something to rhyme. God damn it, M48. You keep adding new shit, dude. It's just every That's week what... you're going to be like, ne- you know what? By the end of this show, you're going to be like, my name is Bob from Bob's Take and Bake. <laughs> Bob's Take and Bake? Isn't that like a pizza joint locally? Somewhere in Merdead or something? There's Papa Murphy's. Is it Papa Murphy's? Yeah. Hey, the, does John Mayer still use that Parry Smith uh, Archon amp or whatever? No, he uh, he developed his uh, own with the uh, PRS as the J mod. Oh, and the, and that was never that was used for the Dead End Company, right? Yeah, it was prototypes of that and the real J mod that was released to the public. But Ew. he stopped anyway. He stopped he stopped using that with Dead End Company, and he uses it on his uh, solo tour now. Remember, dude, Tony's all all in the fingers, and then you show these crazy rig diag- diagrams like uh. And good and, and a good electrician. And a good electrician, yeah. Got to have that clean power. Um, I'm trying to find a rig that we can just kind of, you know, really dissect. Because there's so many guitar rigs out there. Um, hmm. What's your favorite? Okay, so I let's say, well, money's always an issue for everybody. But let's talk if, about the like simplest if, if, rig that you can get some good tones out of. For me, personally? Yeah. I'd have to go with uh, a Princeton Reverb and a Tube Screamer and a good delay. Okay. So you use the delay as what? What's the purpose for the delay? How do you use it as? Uh, a lot of people use main, it like a verb. Yeah, some people do. Uh, I kind of use it that way too. But, you know, if uh, whatever like lead I'm playing, sometimes maybe I need like a, a longer delay. So I'll, I'll use it for that too. Okay. Like Brian May's rig is kind of interesting because he has a treble booster on the pack. Mm-hmm. So when it goes from a guitar, because his guitar is very low end, it gets mm-hmm. boosted and it goes through a, like a wall of Vox, of Vox uh, amplifiers, AC50s. I thought only three of them were working and the other six are just there for show. No, he daisy chains them. Oh, wow. So it does create like an overdrive. A real distortion sound. But anyways, yeah, that would be my like my you know stripped down rig. It would be a Princeton or a Deluxe or something. You know, something that's kind of small but can still be played in like a a small gig or something, or even to record too. I've, I've recorded with the Princeton too, and then just some overdrive and delay. You notice how um, the Fender that Fender amp sound is not for everybody. Like, not everybody sounds good with that kind of rig. Like I That's feel like every true. amplifier really captures the person. Like there's there, it's like kind of like t- like amp matching. Every person, because they have their own unique touch and attack to the guitar, have their own amp match. Right, and it kind of goes the same way with guitars a little bit. I think we've touched on this before that like people who are humbucker guys versus people who are single coil people, they have like different personalities. Dude, so maybe it's maybe it's the same way with amps. That rationalization hit me hard with the uh, with Thorning. Oh yeah, we'll we'll talk about that. How's that? Yeah, so I plugged in Thorny, and I'm not used to because I practice on single coils. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, I hate single coils, but I practice on them. 
So I plugged in Thorny, and the all the way to the top, it's your split. He has the one as a split instead of being the two selection. Okay, so he has the like um, full up on the the um, pickup selector switch. It's a uh, split coil. Yeah, it's split. Yeah, it's the mid and the uh, it's the two middle sections of the pups. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, but that thing was so hot. Like I had to like turn down the amp. I was like, what the hell? It was loud. I wasn't used those to that. Those, I wasn't used to those, that. Those are the Thornbuckers, aren't they? Yeah, the Thornbuckers. I I can I know now what influenced them for that. I I once I played that guitar, I was like, oh, I see what you did here. I know what well, he tell did. Tell us, tell us the tell the listeners and myself that. Okay, so the Thorny finally came in. It was folklore for quite some time. We're like, oh yeah, Thorny's gonna be here. It was a joke yeah. between me and M48 because we thought the amp was the guitar was never gonna be made because of you know life happening and all that jazz. Then I get a random a phone call. About it. What's up? We even wrote a song about it. Remember? Oh yeah, dude. I think when this podcast started, Thorny was in production. We we placed the order, and um, we just joked about it. Like, yeah, it's never gonna be here. It wasn't even anticipated. So then, randomly on Friday, if I'm not mistaken, we get a text yes, from it was my. Friday. It was Friday, huh? I get a yeah. text from the local the local guitar whiz. He's like, "Hey, Thorny's in." I'm like, "What?" I was I was waiting to see this on IG. Like, I was excited. I was like, "Ooh, I'm gonna retweet this or re IG it." I don't know what they call it. I was excited because that's, that's what anybody orders a sir or a guitar from is when they post it on uh, their on their page. They're like, "This guitar is ready to go out to California. This guitar is ready to go out to Colorado." Yeah, and that's what that's what you order the guitar for for the for the clout, as the kids say. Yeah, the clout. I've never used that word, but yeah, I was hoping like, "Oh, dude, Thorny's gonna be on this, and we're gonna see pictures of Thorny when it's nice and clean and not destroyed." And I was really excited, and then. Apparently, Thorny was just—it wasn't given that opportunity to shine. So yeah, which is funny because you said it was going to be ready in May, so I was like, okay, so um, May, May's I, here. <laughs> May is here, but I was like paying close attention to the Sir's IG page, maybe seeing <laughs> if it'll show up, but it never did. Same here, dude. Every day I would look on their wall, like, okay, it's it's coming, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming. Because I remember they when they came out that red one, they're like, oh, it's heading to yada, 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 blah, blah, blah. I'm like, ooh, it's happening. And then Thorny just, and it wasn't that miraculous. It was kind of like, hey, it's here. I'm like, yeah, it was oh, like, okay. Everybody, like all the other orders, they were excited to ship out. And then yours is like, eh, just give him this fucking guitar already. Yeah. I was like, what the <laughs> hell? Like, Thorny didn't get his proper, but that's okay, though, because Thorny is going to, it's going to get its time to shine. On the next live show, Thorny's going to be out there, and hopefully, I mean, hopefully, I mean, it sounds great. I mean, don't get me wrong, probably, I mean, I know I say this about a lot of things, but it's probably the best guitar I've played. Um, I, for I for one, am very excited to play it. Oh, dude, I can't wait to take it over. You're going to, I think you'll enjoy it because of its balance. So it's a oh. well-balanced instrument, weight-wise. My favorite thing about it is when the in the pictures that you showed me was the the headstock. Dude, headstock's clean, man. I was like, if Prince were to have like his own signature, sir, it would be that color all over. Dude, that yeah, that guitar is a really it's a it's a very I mean it's it's basic two humbuckers you know, um, Stratocaster style body, no pick guard, very straight to the point. But the pups, I mean, the pups do give you a a Les Paul. I'm gonna throw this out there. It gives you a very Van Halen 
feel and sound. Where's the Where's the gas button on the? <laughs> dun, dun, dun. I can hear I'm, it on my side. Yeah. <laughs> it came out on my side. You can't hear it on your side, but we'll, got... we'll see it. We'll We'll hear it in the um, the final version. But anyways. So yeah, dude. So that guitar is basically a you know it's very 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 reminiscent of a Eddie Van Halen guitar. The sound. It would. I think it would be more fun to compare it with the five nine four because. We could say like that one, like the Pete Thorne is more of the modern, and then the um, five nine four is more of the vintage modern. The vintage spec modern. Yeah, because the the pups hmm. on the five nine four, I I haven't measured them, but uh, they're pretty low output. Do we we do gotta? I want to hear that thing through the the two rock. Oh, that's awesome, dude! I want to hear. I want to hear the the thorny go through the two arc as well with the five nine four. I think we got to capture some footage because they're both like master built guitars. They're both very very serious made. You know what I mean? Very serious. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's chambered too, so that makes it pretty cool. Makes it light. Oh, I've heard of some Les Pauls being chambered, like some like some. Uh, I think they started chambering them like the early sixties. Because a lot of people were complaining about the the weight. Yeah, I can see that. Because imagine a big old chunk of wood. You're like, wait, what the hell? You're like, you're like the hey, Bobby, what the hell is this weight? <laughs> King of the hill and shit. Like what the? <laughs> In fact, I think I think when I bought the five nine four, they had the weight listed on it. What what does it weigh? We got we got to uh, weigh those. I can't remember, but I think it's probably a little over seven pounds. Okay. I think that's I think that's like a good weight for a guitar. It's just like just a just a hair over seven pounds. Just a nudge. Maybe like a seven point one, seven point two. Hmm. That'd be hmm. You know they sold the Soldano as a rack module as a preamp. Yeah, uh, Synergy does that, don't they? No, no, no. Like Soldano, the actual company does. Oh wow! So you can run it as a rack and run it through a power. Oh, but it doesn't. But let me guess, it doesn't have the snakeskin. No, on it. no, it looks like custom see, orders. See, that's the only one of the only reasons why I would want a Soldano. Well, that's where all the skin. tone comes from. Exactly. I mean, the snakeskin. Think about it. That animal's been slithering the world, and when it was killed, it was probably fought mano y mano, one on one with the great one. You know what I mean? Yeah, and can you think about you know a snake? In the wild, that's slithering and climbing a rosewood tree. It covers the low end, dude. Yeah, it's a very grounded sound. They—they're not stupid. They know what they're doing. A Brazilian, a snake from Brazil was probably living or you know uh, slithering around a Brazilian rosewood tree. Dude, that, that makes sense. This all makes that's too somebody, much sense. And that's somebody's guitar. And amp, if you think about it, it really amp. blows your mind, dude. It makes too much sense, dude. Way too much sense. Because yeah, a lot of people buy those. Uh, I'm, I'm a pivot. Those stupid uh, stereo power amps, just to power the calves, and then they run the pre or whatever they want. I've been seeing that a lot lately. Hmm. Is that purpose like just for downsizing? I think that's just to have rack mounts, so you can have everything in a different location. Oh, 
to run all. I don't know. Hmm. Yeah, it gets kind of complicated once you get into rack mounting. It's like, huh. Yeah. Uh, I've always been a fan of just amp, amp and speaker, and then sound. I mean, because if you think about it, a lot of you know the big players they have you know their rack mount uh, rigs and stuff that it could either be like an effects loop or the power source or like a chorus or a reverb or some type of delay and stuff. But I've never really gotten into you know the pre of it. Yes, it gets like, pretty convoluted pretty fast. A lot of malarkey. Yeah. <laughs> Way too much I mean, malarkey. I mean, that would make sense if, like, there was, like, uh, if you were in a band or you were playing uh, for an artist that didn't want, like, amps on the stage. Hmm. Yeah, and then a lot of them have the the amps on stage are hollow because they want their amps to be ran through the live sounds or the big rigs. I guess that's what it's for. It's for isolating the sound. Oh, Because you separate it, right? You put the boxes somewhere else. You put the... Like Santana has those coffins underneath the stages where he runs his amps at full blast. Mm-hmm. And then they capture it with a microphone. And then they project it out through a PA system. That reminds me, um, Angus Young does that too. I think um, I, I think that's what they all do. Just cause, to get that. Because imagine if balls to the wall sound. <laughs> mm-hmm. But he runs nine... Uh, Oh, check this out. I, I, I think it's on uh, a rig rundown uh, they did a few years back. They uh, did his rig, and he runs like nine super leads under the state, like uh, in the back. Obviously, the amps aren't on stage, but just the cabs are on stage. So he has nine of the super leads in the back, and then he has a vintage uh, JTM 45 that's uh hooked up to the pa that's uh literally under the stage and then that gets uh fed out through the through the uh pa nice. so his main t- his main tone is actually that vintage jtm 45 do you know what i always wanted to do i wanted to run all a lot of amps simultaneously and then blend the tones and then capture that tone and put it as an ir mm. you know what i'm saying like have like all these things, the way I like them sound together in unison. Yeah. And then capturing that unison tone and using that as my sound. So like uh, capturing it like through a Kemper or, or something. Yes. That's not a bad idea. Yeah, because I mean there's there's things I like about the the jazz chorus and there's things I like about the true rock. There's things about you know, what I mean there's certain amps that there's things I like, like, oh this sounds cool. But imagine blending them. Where you make a perfect mix of what you want in your what you hear in your head, and then boom, IR, make an IR package and just roll with it with a Kemper or something. Could you imagine if you blended all those amps together and it sounded like shit? Oh, but that'd be your tone, like, hey man, I, this is my shit tone. <laughs> He's like, you're like, yeah, it's a shit tone, but it's my tone. Yeah, but it actually like you make it to where it actually releases that smell. <laughs> so when people hear your tone, they correlate it with that. It's like, what the fuck is this? It smells like shit in here. Dude. Like they don't call it the brown sound for nothing. Oh, dang! Got crazy. Got crazy there. So we'll go for it, man. Oh, go, go ahead. Yeah, I was gonna, I was gonna pivot because, as we know, the evolution of, I guess we can only pivot to our current Clapton, which is John Mayer. I know we talk about John Mayer a lot on this show. But he's the as only one. He, he's the only should. one that's even. Well, yeah, he's all right. 
he's an okay guitar player. He's no John Five, but you know what I mean. Um, we <laughs> we use him as a reference point because he's kind of in the middle. He's a bridge right now. He's kind of the player's player at the moment. Not including we're not talking about fusion guys or virtuosity. We're talking about main stage. Everyone likes him, and they come to the agreement that he's a great guitar player. The consensus. But I mean, he's went from freaking the Stevie Ray Vaughan style strat. Remember where he had like his own sig based on Stevie Ray Vaughan's. Yeah. And then he went to like you know the Hendrixy, and then he went through the that one that he the black one, the one yeah, he, yeah. he removed the, the custom shot that he he relicked himself or whatever. Yeah. And then now in 2018 he went to the Silver Sky. So a lot of evolution, but I'm I'm gonna throw a but here. He. He's not always had the greatest tone. I mean, in your opinion, what years would he classify as the bee's knees of tone? Because I know he uses the two rock and the Dumble steel string singer. He has his John Mayer signature two rock. Um, does he still use his signature two rock? He does, right? He does only live that we know of. But I want to say, I want to say something. Don't don't put words in my mouth. I didn't say that he didn't always have the best tone. I said that a particular I never said that. era. You just said he's like, but we all agree he's he has sometimes he hasn't had the the best tone. My oh. argument was my okay. argument okay, lawyer. was <laughs> so the my argument was that the tone that he's known for the most is his continuum slash where the light is tone. And that's like a reference point, like for all uh, fans of you know electric blues or John Mayer or you know stuff stuff in that kind of realm. That's what they all reference. They always look for like I want that where the light is tone. And what we know of when he was playing uh, that rig at that time, I think it was two thousand six to two thousand eight. Um, he was using three amps. He was using a Dumble ODS. Uh, two rock custom reverb and his signature two rock. So those three amps blended together with um, his 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 pedals, which are it'd be a shorter list to name the pedals he didn't use on that show. But everyone reveres that tone, and it's very good. I would agree that it's one of his best. But it's not his best, in my opinion. His best tone, is, to me, is what he's doing right now. But he's always jumping around. I mean, he went, he did the J mod. Well, he does have uh, mainstays like in his rig, like the Tube Screamer, the Octopus Delay. He has, and as far as amps go, his signature two rock, uh, the PRS J mod, and uh, the one that's been like the mainstay amp wise is his uh, Dumble Steel String Singer. So when he got that Dumble Steel String Singer, that's when his tone like just went to another level. Because at the time, when he was playing uh, the Where the Light Is show and the Continuum Tour, he had the Steel String Singer, but he never played it. He, he, he never played it live because he was afraid of it getting um, damaged on tour. And then he was, he was big. So... He's a single channel guy. He doesn't. He's not a mm -hmm. multi-channel guy. He's uh, he saturates his tone with his pedals. Yeah. So I'm gonna kind of pivot here. A lot of players like John Frusciante. He's a channel guy. 
He's known mm-hmm. for his clean from the Marshall 2555 Jubilee, but he also uses the gain stage of the Marshall 25 Jubilee. John Mayer doesn't do that. He sticks to one channel and he uses pedals to saturate his distortion tone. Yeah, so he's said that he's used his pe- his his um, amps in tandem as like one big microphone, and then he colors the tone with all the pedals and stuff that he has. But what really was really like an eye opener for me of how how that kind of rig that he was using was not you know the best or wasn't my favorite was he did I think he did a Crossroads show with. Uh, Eric Clapton, his Crossroads Festival. And there was like three or four guitarists on stage. You had Doyle Bramhall, Derek Trucks, John Mayer, and Eric Clapton. So Eric Clapton's rig is very uh, straightforward. It's a uh, uh, Eric, Eric Clapton Fender Strat into a Tweed amp. Um, I think Doyle Bramhall's was like a two rock or something. And then um, Derek Trucks' rig was like a super reverb. So they all each had only one amp to themselves besides uh, John. John was using two two rocks, and his his guitar was so buried in the mix that you couldn't even hear him. Hmm. Because the um, he he's even said before that he doesn't he used to not like mids. He always found them like uh, too scientific sounding. So his his big thing was uh, the scoop mid sound. So in order to be audible on stage with scoop mids, you have to be super, super loud. So that works when he's with his solo, when he was with his solo band. But playing uh, as a guest, he he was so buried in the mix because he had to turn his volume down because there was no mids or very little mids. But now... Uh, he's collaborated with PRS PRS kind of steered him in the direction of uh, musical mids so you can actually hear that now in his rig is more mid-range more uh, uh, more like the high-end mids but not like super nasally like like if you were to put a tube screamer's gain all the way up Mm -hmm. yeah he uses yeah so he does use the Klon Centaur. Mm-hmm. He does have a Klon Centaur. <laughs> He's probably got 20 of them. Dude, yeah, because he bought them before the... He, he basically dictated the price. Yeah, pretty much. He buys them before they become big. So he uses Klon... He uses a Keeley Cantana preamp. Mm-hmm. Actually, his rig looks very... His 2016 rig looks exactly sim, so similar to your rig. Except you don't have the Pete Cornish... And the Klon Centaur, but you have a Centora. But he has a Qtron, the Aquapus, the Flint Strymon, the TS-10, the MXR, Phase 100. Yeah, I think that's his Dead & Company uh, rig. Yeah, it's his 2016. I think it's his Dead & Company rig. Yeah, so those are, with uh, Dead & Company, those are like his bare bones kind of uh, guitar, or his, yeah, his bare bones pedals. When he does a solo stuff, that's when it gets like really complicated. Because he has so many fucking songs, so he's got to cover all those bases. And then towards 2019, his pedal board, actually, he started using its uh, second channel from another amp, the Overdrive channel. But which amp was that? 
Hmm. It's got to be the J mod because that's the only one that has, that has the overdrive s- section. Oh, okay. Yeah, because he started using it in 2019. But yeah, just looking at his his rigs, like yeah, he's he's t- he's chasing something. He's he's building something. I w- I'm, I think I'm gonna probably borrow a page from his book and get the Keeley Katana preamp. Oh, you can borrow mine. I have I have one. You have one. I didn't know you had one. Let me borrow it. Yeah, if you don't mind. Yeah, I'll, I'll let you borrow it and trip out on it. The, but yeah, that's kind of that's kind of what I based my pedal board off of. But I'm I'm slowly starting to put like my own pedals that I want on there. Dude, mine was copying the freaking uh, John Frusciante. The Holy Grail. My my rig, I it mirrored um his. By the way, his. By I think the that's way what. I think that's a good kind of way to build a pedal board. Is kind of not copy, but you know, like kind of base it off of your favorite player, and then like uh, um. If you can get the same pedal, go ahead and then try it out. And if you don't like it, then you could try something else. He owns nine of them, nine Klon Centaurs. Oh wow! So he's that, an, that, he's an investor because if he if he really wanted to, he can make some capital gains off this. But you notice he's never used the gold Klon. It's always the silver one. Yeah, it's because of the the color, man. Doesn't uh, Tyler Larson Music Is Win have the gold one? Yep. So I, I've heard. I've always heard that the gold is more gamey than the silver one. Yeah, I heard the yeah. the silver one was more transparent. Oh, that's a that's a trigger word. Yep. Yep. And then this dude stacks gain pedals, of course. Boost pedal, tube screamer, clon centaur. Yeah. See that part? I'm I'm not really into. I I have like a low gain, which is like the the centura. The mid gain, which is the the tube screamer, that 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 tone we all know and love is the Strat and the Two Screamer. And then I have the uh, Mesa Boogie Flux 5 for like the high gain. That's pedals last minute. He uses one of those too. Yeah. I was actually looking into that pedal before he put it on his board. Oh, no, dude. Same here. I was looking at it on my storage and like, huh, I like that pedal. And I never really connected it until later. Now I, don't, I removed it because I just go straight to the amp. But what I use it now for is kind of an AB. Like, oh, okay. I don't want to switch to amp 3 on the Mesa. So what I'll do is I'll set the pedal to sound like amp 3. And if I toggle between 1 and 2 on the other amp. It makes sense because yes. I can go clean to amp 3 using the pedal with the colors. And then just use amp 2 for the overdrive. Yeah, see, because when I start um, gain stacking the pedals, it sounds like too compressed to me. Yeah, or maybe that maybe that was the case when I was using smaller amps, but now that I have the the two rock, maybe that won't be a problem. Yeah, you, so you need more room. watts for that. If you don't want it to sound like that, yeah. you need more wattage, more headroom. Ah, yep, it's the headroom, dude. I'm all about that headroom. Yep. Because if you think about it, the for uh, Mayor's rig, the 150 watt steel string singer, the 100 watt um, uh, two rock signature the 100 watt J mod. And I heard that he was also uh, using a couple deluxe reverbs in the back. So I don't know what uh, they were uh, feeding through, but yeah, that's, Oh, that's well over like 500 Watts of power. That's space. And you could hear that shit in your chest. When uh, I saw him live uh, last year, or the year before you could hear that shit in your chest. 
I like. I'm gonna pivot because we're talking about gear and stuff. But I think it's always been funny how the 1987 Gibson Les Paul that um that Gibson copied from Chris Durig from his replica 59 Gibson Les Paul that Slash used during the Appetite for Destruction tour. I like how that Gibson copied their copy of their 59. I love that. I they still think that's funny. They copied a Fugazi. Yeah, because it was actually the replica sounded really good. Sla- Slash's rig has has it's the same thing that you were explaining where John Mayer has its like his tone where people are like, oh yeah, the Continuum album, that's the sound. When it mm-hmm. comes to Guns and Roses, Slash everyone always chases the Appetite for Destruction tone. Mm-hmm. I'm more of a fan of his, uh, you know, use your illusion tour tone and the uh, Velvet Revolver. Mm-hmm. But I mean, his uh, his appetite tone was whoo! It was the there was that's what sp- he's most that's what for. he's most known for. Same thing with uh, John because uh, Mayer's his uh, career is based on basically continuums. So that was like the biggest thing that he's done so far. So everyone kind of uses that as the reference point. Like, oh, the gravity, the slow dancing in a burning room. They all look for that tone. But for me personally. His uh, rig that he's using with the Silver Sky and the uh, Steel String Singer—that's that's that's Pinnacle Mayor for me. Now we don't know, but uh, there's been some rumors and stuff of him actually using a Soldano as well in tandem with the uh, Steel String Singer and a Roland Jazz Chorus JC120. It's because he listens to our podcast, dude. He's using my rig from fucking 20 years ago. I'm telling you. (laughs) <laughs> he listened to our show, dude, because that was my rig. Freaking RC120, dude, for years, for like 10 years. Just minus the Soldano and Dumble. But I've always used the Soldano digitally. Always. Oh, okay. It was always yeah, part we of talk- my, yeah. We were talking about this uh, last podcast. We are talking about the crunch of the Soldano, the clean of the Fender, or the, the clean of the Jazz Chorus, and the gain of the 5150? The yeah, or is it that, the yeah, no, it's the gain from the fifty one fifty. That that gain state is amazing. Yeah, dude, it's it's kind of interesting how um the Soldano's making its way back. I it's funny how you don't I don't I didn't really think about it until I heard it. Warren Hayes do it, and um, Gary Moore. Gary Moore. That's when I was like, wait, what tone is that? Because I see Warren with the Mesa. I see him with the Mesa Boogie Mark Five a lot, but then I saw him with the Soldano. I think the Soldano was a better capture of what he's doing. To me, the Soldano just sounds like so 80s. And the the reason why I got in, or I, I like the Soldano is because of Clapton. He, he used two from, I think, 1987 to 1994, 95. What is Metal Zone pickup? Metal Zone pedal? His Metal Zone, his metal zone pedal. Actually, he used that uh, before that, that era. Just for shits used, and giggles, right? I don't know. Uh... Because there's some like live recordings where you can kind of hear it. It was, I think, during his Behind the Sun tour. That's an album I'm listening to right now, is uh, Behind the Sun. Sometimes you can hear it. Hmm. Interesting. So looking at the dirty tones of Slash's rig from the Jubilee 2555 original, he's very close, like a smudge from being having the brown sound. His presence was at five. Bass was at seven. Brown sound. 
No, Brown sound was 666. Middle was at 5.5. Treble was at 5. Output was at 6. Mm. Input was at 3 because he stacked amps. So he didn't need to put the input gain so high. Oh, interesting, interesting. Yeah. So that's the funny part. Like, <laughs> I always see everyone kind of going the Eddie Van Halen thing. If you run the, like I said, the PV 6534, 6505, 5153, 1213, just run them 666 and you'll be like, oh, Brown Sound. <laughs> I always thought that was hilarious. There's a Brown Sound uh, preset on my Yamaha THR. Oh, nice. How does it sound? I'm sure amazing. It sounds good. I mean, as it sounds good, but you know, as uh, little amps like that, it they they don't do certain things well, like a real amp would. But it gets pretty close. Not bad. Yeah, for practice, you're not blowing. You know, you're not you know blowing the ears out of all the decibel puppies. Because I mean, for me to get the brown sound, I have to run an, run an attenuator because it's just too much fucking noise. It's probably loud enough to like do a small gig with. If you were to if you were to mic it, oh, I'm sure it'll do well. You use it as a monitor and then mic it out. Mm-hmm. That actually be pretty smart. The JC120 was a great amp for for live shows because it can but take. It was heavy. Yeah, it can it was take. Heavy um, as shit. It was heavy as shit. Built like a tank. The cleans are amazing. It takes pedals extremely well. Extremely well. I mean, yeah, because it's 120 watts, dude. But it, it's it breaks up really really easily though, like the, it doesn't have really? much headroom. No, I think you barely t- turn it to twelve o'clock, and at one o'clock it starts saturating like like it's breaking up. Hmm. Yeah, and that, that was the two. That's a two twelve, right? Yeah, two twelve jazz chorus. But the cleans you can capture the cleans at like at ten o'clock. You can capture some really good clean tone. Real glassy. Well, we're just going to have to see the JC120 Soldano and Steel String Singer in effect maybe this summer. Hell yeah. And then the cool thing about the Jazz Course, I'm going to kind of pivot. You can run um, an AB rig through it because the it has two physical amps. There's the A and the B. So you can run an input of pedal selection through the A, run your amp as AB out, and you can run it through the B, where it has access to the chorus. Well, there's a there's a custom uh, JC120 in uh, snakeskin. No way. That's freaking <laughs> badass, dude. I'm going to look that up. That amp deserves more glory. Well, it's going to come back. I mean, once Mayer plays a watch, they're going to be extinct and shit. Oh, dude, the, the reverb prizes are going to go through the roof. So buy one now before it's too late. Also, JC120 Snakeskin? Yeah. It's a custom one. I don't know if they mass produce it. Oh, dude, the prices of these things are already up again. Hmm. This is what we do on this podcast. We shop for music gear. And raise the prices, <laughs> apparently. Damn, dude. I sold mine. I mean, I've owned four versions of them. Hmm. Four. What kind of speakers are, are in here? Roland. Oh, just the, the proprietary Roland ones? Yeah. I mean, it sounds good. I mean, it sounds good. Can't take that away. The Roland sounds good. But after a while, you kind of want that tube. That tube yeah, amp. you want that tube bite. 
But if I'm doing like, you know, small town gigs and rundown bars, then you want to take this amp. It seems like this amp, maybe like a deluxe reverb and what's another like really common? Oh, like a hot rod deluxe. Those, those seem like uh, amps that are like used for backline. Like if you go to if you get booked for a club gig or something, they have that amp already there. Oh yeah, it's it, if you run the way a lot of folks run the jazz course, they run them for their clean tones, and then they run their Marshall or their Mesa for their dirty tones or solo tones. That's what a lot of people do. See, I don't know if I would be able to get into that because I'm I'm so just like one amp, or I I use it like as a big clean headroom and then. I use uh, pedals for the game. But I don't know. You got to get into patching, dude. That's what you need, patching. You mean like a switcher? Yep, because you, you're going to be tap dancing if you want to capture the tones. It's better to just patch everything and, and um, program them out. And we'll see. <laughs> I, I, I was a fan of tap dancing, and so I said, nope, not doing this. Then I started patching everything. You just want to be able to just hit one and then get the sounds you want. See, but then that's like a stepping stone to just uh, plugging straight into the amp. Yes. We're going to be like, well, I just plug in straight to the amp. It's like, okay, boomer. Yeah, but patching is cool because you can, for your clean, you can, of course, you know, set your delay, your reverb. And then for patch two, you know, your second button, you can do your overdrive sound. For patch three, you can do your distortion. It, It comes in handy, dude. Because trust me, that millisecond of delay when you're tap dancing to get your effects is not not desirable. Because it can mess up your solo too. That is true. Because when you got to come in, you got to come in. Like there's no, you don't got a millisecond to think. You're like, got to get in, start jamming. Boom. <laughs> That's true. Very true. Yeah. Hmm. Damn it. Now I'm going to go down the rabbit hole. Oh, dude. Yeah. There's a JC160? What the hell? What the hell, Bobby? Oh, yeah. I just uh, saw it right now. 410 it's, uh, four. combo. That's like a super. A super reverb has what a 410. What the hell? What the hell, Bobby? <laughs> Dude, there's a JC200. I remember I was going to try to get and I, I lost the... I hesitated, man. But there's a JC200. Dude, I never knew there was a JC120. JC160, I mean. Well, we found the next amp Gonzo's going to buy. Hell yeah. What the hell? What the hell, Bobby? That's badass. Damn it. No, but actually, uh, speaking of amps, the one I really like, I'm probably not going to buy it, but we never know. Knock on wood. Um, It's already on order, huh? It's already in my cart. (laughs) (laughs) It's too late. It's ordered. No, it's the new Fender uh, Vibro Champ Reverb. The I, I sent you the video, but I'm not sure if uh, you watched it. Of the Andertons guys, they were jamming on it. No, I don't think I that, caught it. That thing sounded really good. It's another like low powered amp. That that actually, uh, I just stumbled across something. If I were to go like overdrive or you know, I actually like the sound of a smaller amp, like, uh, like a. Uh, pushing the limit versus like a high, like a gain amp. You hmm. know what I mean? Yep. I like to, more um, 
it's more like a vintage sound. The saturated, we're starting to saturate. Yeah, when it's uh, sagging like a motherfucker. Yep. Fucking sagging. Fucking sagging, man. Damn it, Bobby. Now, now I'm getting. Ooh, that's not good. Let me decline this. Hey, they're calling about calling about your auto warranty, man. I know. What the hell? That's the first time this ever happened during the show. <laughs> People calling in. That's not today. <laughs> that's the next show. Damn it, Bobby. There's a, there's a JC01. I didn't even know there's a JC01. Is I'm I'm assuming it's one watt. Ooh, that's pretty badass. Let's say, let's say. Ooh, they have a JC55, 50 watt, 2.8. Can, can you drive 55, though? Nope. Damn it, Bobby. Yeah. Hmm, interesting. Well, there you have it, guys. We're screwed. Yep. That's another episode of Music Speaks, because we're broke. Hmm. Well, no more no more amps for me. I'm going to dedicate my life to practicing now. As we should, but it's just so much fun to nerd out on gear. Oh, That's dude. what we're here for. Yeah, nerding out on gear is fun, but it's too much fun sometimes. Yeah, we gotta, having, We do got to record I, the, the thorny, man. I think that's an interesting piece. I was having too much fun, Charlie Murphy. Pretty much, and then he slaps him. And the funny part is, these are real stories. They are. They are real. So if anybody who says, hey, you know that story was fake, tell them, no, it wasn't. It wasn't. Tell them, what the five fingers say to the face? I like how he repeated himself shortly after. What do you mean? I have, I have more common sense than that and slapping him. Yeah, I, slap, I rub my feet on their couch. Like, what the hell? So you can buy a new couch, rich motherfucker. Like, what the? And the funny like, part yeah. is he wasn't even being funny. That's what he did. Like, like yeah, I remember jumping wall. on Charlie Murphy's couch. What, what do you think? I have more common sense than that. Yeah, I just was like, what the hell? Dude, see, like, and that stuff I'm can just, never I'm, be recreated, man. Those are real life stories. That's how these guys partied, man. Aren't you a little old to be doing karate, Charlie Murphy? <laughs> oh, yeah. Probably doing karate with little kids and shit. I'm telling you, those, <laughs> those things were... I don't think anything will ever come out greater than those skits. If it does, it's going to be very, very tough. Ooh. Talk. Today was the the seven-year... No, yeah, seven years since I played at... Uh, whoa. I guess it's been eight years. Oh, wow. Today marks the seven years that I played bass for a band. That was weird. Hmm. So that's the last time I played bass live. <laughs> seven years ago. I guess. Uh, that'll be like a, tri- uh, a trivia question on our our uh, podcast. When was the last time Gonzo played bass live? Ding, dun, 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 exactly. Dun, dun. <laughs> Exactly. These long, like, pregnant pauses are really just us shopping. <laughs> Pretty much. We're kind of like, like oh, what's the purchase here? Yeah, too much cool shit to purchase. 
This, is, this reminds me of like an AM radio show. <laughs> oh, man. Pretty much. Like, we're like, like, today we're going to discuss the news. And the people would talk like this. And the pauses would put you to sleep. That's exactly how this show is going right now. It's an AM radio show. Yes. So if anybody's out there listening, we'll go to the phones. Like, And they're like, who's calling at this hour? It's like, it's 4 a.m. What the fuck? With some dude like, yeah, I haven't slept in six days. Uh, I just want to know if you guys can call up an ambulance, please, because uh, I, I ran out of minutes. It's like you wasted your minutes to call us. It's like, first of all, sir, what are you do, still doing with with minutes? This is 2021. If they haven't changed their plan, dog. He's like, first of all, you got to change your phone plan. Second of all, then you got to call 911. Yep. Totes malotes, dude. Totes malotes. Well, final thoughts? Because we're, I'm getting, I'm going too big into the rabbit hole looking at cool shit. <laughs> That's why we need a third person to just review this kind of stuff. They need to tell us to stay on task? No, just shop for us and we just talk about it because I'm already like, uh. They'd be like, tell us what's on sale. Uh, we got the uh, Marshall MG something. Ah, uh, boring. Pretty much. Final, final thoughts. thoughts. Um, buy a guitar amp, fellas. It's and super ladies. fun. Yeah, hell yeah. And watch TV because TV's fun. Or play guitar and watch TV. Or play guitar while you're watching TV. Exactly. That's what I meant. Or play TV guitar, like Guitar Hero. Or you could play the guitar like the MTV. That ain't working. That's the way you do it. Money for nothing. Cash and your for chicks free. are free. Ca- yeah, 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 right. Because cash is not. Dude. That was another Soldano user was uh, Mark Knopfler. Wasn't there that band again? It's uh... Dire Straits. Dire Straits. Yep. Sultan's a swing. Hell yeah, that was the clean. Uh, that was the clean section of that amp. Oh, for reals? Yep, dude, that song is iconic, dude. Iconic. Even though he was just jamming, I mean, he he followed his jam to the T and continued doing it the same way. Ooh. How old is that song? It's uh, it's gotta be maybe 40, 35, 40 years old. Dude. Yeah, it's 1978. 42, 43 years old. That was a good song. It's probably one of the best songs. So, for your listeners out there, your homework is listening to Sultans of Swing, Dire Straits. And don't play the guitar with a pick. What? Oh, yeah, he didn't. He really didn't. Hmm. There's a lot of dire straits. There's Telegraph Road, Money for Nothing, Why Worry, Skate Away, and then Mark Knopfler songs: Going Home, Brothers in Arms, Tunnel of Love, Your Latest Trick, Private Investigator, Calling Elvis, Solid Rock, 
And then the blues rock songs. This is going to piss you off. You ready? This is what they listed as equivalents. Layla, Sweet Child of Mine, Born to be Wild, Cocaine, Riders on the Storm, Seven Nation Army, Welcome to the Jungle. Classified as blues rock songs. Only two of those songs are actually, like, kind of, you could say that they're bluesy songs. That would Layla. be, yeah. But they put and Seven Nation Army on there. What the fuck? I'm telling well, you, I dude. I could see why, because that's isn't that a blues progression? I guess isn't it a one? Isn't it a one four five or a one three five something like that? I don't know. I don't know, but "Sweet uh, Child uh, of Mine" for damn sure isn't a blues song. That was based off an exercise. <laughs> well, it wasn't no blues exercise. No, it was just a finger dexterity exercise that Slash did to kind of warm up. I thought he uh, swig uh, he swigged Jack Daniels and snorted coke for a, a warm up. Well, he did back. Well, <laughs> but he's still on dialysis, so he's always been on dialysis from all that shit. Speaking of cocaine, cocaine's on there and Born to Be Wild. Oh, Born to Be Wild. No, uh, well, cocaine is actually a JJ Kale song. And J.J. Kale was kind of like a blues... Well, he wasn't a blues guy. He was more like a, um, a country country folk blues kind of person. Hmm. Yeah, that was Clapton's hero, was J.J. Kale. Oh, wow. So, let, so your homework is to listen to J.J. Kale and Dire Straits. At once. So you'll see how, sim- how very similar they are. Well, do... Cool. Episode number 44, I think. I don't even know. 45? I don't know. Whatever. We got a special one coming up for the 48th episode of Music Speaks, sometimes very loudly. And follow us on the Twitter at MSL Podcast. IG as Music Speaks Loud. And that's it. We don't have Facebook because we don't believe in that shit. It ain't real. It ain't real. Um, we're never going to be on Facebook. We'll be on Facebook's TikTok a- before we're on Facebook. That's a myth. (laughs) That's never going to (laughs) happen. Okay, keep practicing. Listen to music. Peace.